0: Welcome to wherever you may be, part of the Ninety Min Podcast Network. Over the next twenty minutes or so, we're going to be talking all things Chelsea. My name is Olivia Bazaglo, and joining me today is Charlie and Krish. Hope you're both well, guys. Um, it's been an international break, so there hasn't been a whole lot to talk about. Um, we are going to get onto England's games though, because Chris, I'm going to come to you first. There was a standout, wasn't there? Mason Mount's performances across the two games so far. Have been nothing short of brilliant.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's showing. I think the whole country what he's he's Chelsea fans have known about him for a while now, especially this season. Um, and uh, yeah, I think he's proving that he he can be one of England's most important players. I think uh, I, it's, it's, a, it's a funny thing with Mason Mount because I think Chelsea supporters have been have been bigging him up a lot this season. Um, watching him every single game uh, seeing how just i think the main thing with him is consistency uh like Mm. he just will not have a a less than sort of seven out of ten game uh, in my opinion um and doesn't stop running and is is useful both um going forward and at the back and i think he just epitomized that in both games for england so far um again obviously one not against the toughest opposition but um still getting a goal i think he got at least one assist in the first game as well didn't he um yeah. so yeah it's, it's it's impressive stuff and i think the caliber of attacking midfielder that he's up against to keep out of the team it just goes to show the kind of progress he's made and and the fact that he, he um i think people are coming to realize that he is uh, again, I, 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 it comes back to consistency and also fitness. I think like he's just never injured as well, and and, and for a big tournament, that is such a big, a big, um, a big plus and a big benefit for a, for a manager, I think.
0: And you mentioned that San Marino game; he created eight chances in forty-five minutes, and and I think only Xavi's got a better a better record than that in a single game, and it might even be a single half. And, and you know, I got people being like, "Well, it's only San Marino." It's like, well, loads of teams have played San Marino, so why haven't they done it? I think you have got. You can't underestimate creating eight chances in 45 minutes, no matter who you're against. Charlie, is he the first name on Gareth Southgate's team sheet now for the Euros? He's a manager's dream, isn't he?
2: Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, he certainly should be. Uh, for some reason, it was like a stick to beat him with, wasn't it? Like that he was Lampard's pet, that he was Southgate's yeah. pet. He seems to be every manager's pet, but I think that's <laughs> probably indicative of what a good and intelligent football player he is. Um, I said this before, I think he suffers slightly because he's not as like flashy as like a Grealish or a mm-hmm. Madison. Um and but he does a lot more all round, I think. You know, th- mm-hmm. they're both fantastic players, those two. But I think running the game for a team like Chelsea, you can't really compare that to a Villa mm-hmm. or a Leicester. Um, even though those teams are, you know, in the tier just below Chelsea. Um the fact that he is First name on the team sheet for Champions League games and things like that. I think that sets him apart. And I think you can see that when he transfers it to international football. And I agree with Chris. And it's great to see that the rest of the country is sort of catching up with what Chelsea fans have been saying for the best part of 18 months.
0: I think it's nice also to, you know, have like you say, Charlie, everyone else now on side, including pundits and all of that, because I don't, obviously, we don't know why there was such a divide amongst us. Well, I say a small selection of Chelsea fans that just can't get on board with Mason Mount. But it's nice to see that everyone's appreciating what he does. And obviously, not just doing it in a in an England shirt, like Chris says consistently. But also, Chris, there wasn't just Mason Mount that performed well across those two England matches, because uh, Ben Chilwell and Reese James did. Now, I think, both positions, we've got quite a lot of competition uh, for the for the England for going to the Euros, but I think Reece James showed in that forty five minutes that he was on the pitch. I think it was forty five minutes that he was absolutely brilliant down that right hand side. Some of the balls he put into the box, obviously Chelsea fans will know that he he's capable of that. But it's nice to see England fans get shown, you know, more of what Reece James is about.
1: Yeah, I thought he again, again, yeah, Sam Marino. So you can't you can't get too excited, but he was. I mean the cross would have been a quality cross against anyone for um I think it was uh who's the first goal? Calvert Lewin, maybe the header. Mm-hmm. Um that was just yeah, a quality cross first time. Um you can't really argue with that. Um and I don't think Ben Chilwell did himself any a disservice on the left hand mm-hmm. side either. Um I think Chilwell potentially has I mean, I, I to be honest, I don't expect Rhys James to start, I'll say that. Um but uh Chilwell has a bit of a fight on his hands to keep uh, Luke Shaw out of the team, I think, because Shaw was good against Albania. But um, it's definitely good to see so much, so much representation um, in the side. And uh, yeah, I think regardless of whether or not they start, they offer really, really quality options. And uh, I think whoever plays, um, they'll provide, uh, they'll provide quality and. The, the team won't be any weaker for it. I think that's what's shown. But um, yeah, just going back to Mount and what Charlie said, I, I completely agree. I, I don't think he's um, as flashy, and uh, it's it's almost purely like down to aesthetics, like the way he like carries the ball, maybe, and, and dribbles isn't as easy on the eye as Phil Foden, maybe for example. But I think mm. just looking at the numbers and how effective he is, you just can't really argue with it now. And and, and again, the injury record, like Madison's out injured now. Um, I still don't think uh, Southgate knows the best position for Foden because he's been playing him out wide so actually as the attacking midfielder I think I think Mount's almost got that locked down because I think if Grealish is fit he'll play off the left anyway um, mm. so I think that spot is more or less his now.
0: That's interesting that we all think Mason Mount's going to start Chris you're not sure Reese James is going to start and we also all don't well, we all don't really know if Ben Chilwell was going to start. I think the Rhys James and the right back debate is so interesting because, of course, Trent Alexander-Arnold hasn't even been, hasn't even been obviously bought to these internationals. He's been at home with Liverpool this whole time. Now, it's interesting because you've got Trent Alexander-Arnold, who's a brilliant, say, wing back, loves to go forward, not so good defensively. Then you've got Rhys James, who I think is, is England's most complete right back, and then you've got someone like Aaron Wan-Bissaka, who's brilliant defensively but not so good going forward. And you've also got Kieran Trippier in there as well. Is yeah, he right and Kyle Yeah, yeah. As well. So yeah. and Kyle Walker, that was also at these at these internationals. So Charlie Gareth Southgate's got a nice but hard decision on his hands with who to take because you don't often take more than two right backs pushing it three to a, to a major tournament do you so where do you see reese james fitting into gareth southgate's team
2: uh i think and hope that he, he makes it i think i think what it is mainly indicative of is the change in the role of the full backs in modern football um yeah. you get the you know it used to just be uh you know you, you you play a defender that you didn't want to play at center half out there um and now they're kind of you have these fantastic athletes that are, char- that are sort of charged with getting up and down the pitch the entire time. Um, it's almost, you know, Liverpool have almost built their their whole game on on fullbacks and Alexander Arnold and Robertson playing so well. Um, I think Rhys James has a very good chance of making the squad, as probably as Carl Walker's deputy. I don't think that's any shame really, because it's not, you know, he's not an automatic choice for Chelsea every week. Um, I think he probably should be, but. I I don't think there's much shame in in being Carl Walker's deputy, obviously, where Man City have been so good. I think people often sometimes sort of weirdly overlook Man City players when, you know, they're about 45 points clear in the Premier League, so we should probably be filling the team with them. Um, I think Wan-Bissaka is a very good player, but obviously has faults sort of on the ball and going forward, as you said, Olivia. Um, Alexander-Arnold, people are sort of up in arms that he's not in the squad. He's obviously a very good player but he has had a very poor season and the thing is he's 22. Like not going to this tournament does not mean that he's not gonna mm. win 70 caps for england like he, he he could well do he's just he's just going through a poor 12 months or whatever it is um uh, so you don't actually still, think
1: he'll go at all
2: possibly not no no a lot. i mean these players these players play well walker and james have basically i think if alexander Arnold goes i don't think reese james will yeah, yeah see i don't
0: um, i i'm not sure about that i i can't see kyle walker going because he has played in major tournaments before i get that but he's barely played for man city you, you're talking man city yeah they're 45 uh, pretty much 45 points clear at the top of the league but cancello mm-hmm. has been their main right back predominantly really and then cancello obviously as pep likes to do likes to rest players, and that's when kyle walker's come in but he hasn't <laughs> played the whole season and I just I mean I've got no idea what what Gareth Southgate would do. I think it's I think it's ballsy if he doesn't take Trent. Um but obviously it was ballsy not for him not to even take him to these internationals. So I've actually got no idea but I'm I'm pretty adamant where Shames goes.
1: It depends whether he goes back to 3 at the back again I guess because he he's been toying with 4 at the back in these uh in these qualifiers hasn't he when before he used to be yeah. way too way too safe of sort of five in the five at the back and and wingers and i i agree that um i think reese james is like perfectly suited to the wing back role in terms of his attacking output and just being a very proficient defender at the same time i think you need both and that's where Trippier probably has a shout as well to be honest like his his deliveries are are unbelievable and and he's obviously not, not like the best defender but he's still pretty good um he's also so he, yeah.
0: he's only just come back hasn't he Trippio? he was banned yes, yeah, exactly
1: for, yeah for weeks yeah, yeah. so i guess I it suppose depends. he has a strong
0: finish mm. yeah
1: it depends on form between now and the end of the season as well i suppose and, and liverpool overall but it'll, it'll be interesting
0: gosh i really hope reese james goes i do think he deserves it um And it's going to be interesting, isn't it, to find out what what Gareth Southgate's full squad is for the Euros. And just finally, um, obviously, the news a few days ago that Kante came back from France um, when he was on international duty with them with a hamstring injury. Now, we don't know the extent of that. But, Krish, how frustrating is that, given that before this international break, we were starting to see the Kante of old, the world-class Kante that we've had for so many years. Um, It's going to be a big miss if he's out for an extended period of time, isn't he?
1: Yeah, um, this is this has been the problem for him, I guess, in, in recent years. I think this is the only reason why we haven't really seen him at the very top of his game is these kind of consistent niggling injuries. But um, I think Chelsea said it was a small thing. So hopefully, fingers crossed, it's not any longer than sort of missing. I mean, I guess a small hamstring injury could it's still two weeks ish, isn't it? I think so. Mm. Maybe he, he'll miss uh, the first leg and, and West Brom this weekend, but yeah, it's it's just a bit of a shame really. I, I don't think um I think we should be able to handle in those games without him, but obviously he is pretty much for us um when fit, I think on the current form sort of first second name on the team sheet. So it is obviously a, a big miss. Um but yeah, uh, hopefully they are right in in thinking it's a, a small a small thing. Um and he's back. I mean you never know maybe even next week if if, if he I'm not sure what day he actually pulled out of the squad. Um, I think it was a f- sort of last week, so maybe even if we're lucky, he'll be he'll be back sooner.
0: But anyway, not enough about the internationals because the Premier League returns this weekend. And how are you guys feeling, Charlie? How are you feeling about this? Because I remember we've had so many Premier League games. Honestly, consecutive. Games. There's just been so much football and. I wasn't getting sick of it, but it was almost like it'll be nice to have a break. And within two days into the international break, I was like, "Can we have Premier League football back now?" <laughs> so, um, how how are you feeling? Are you excited about the return of the Premier League for now? Such a possibly the most important part of the season.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's um, it's great to, that we'll get our kind of momentum back, and I just hope that momentum has lasted. I, I think the international break was a really shoddy time for us. Really, we we were just kind of. Ironed out any kinks there were in two calls kind of system um, we'd come off the back of some brilliant results and then obviously we had to send everyone away for two weeks um yeah. so yeah I'm very I'm, I'm delighted they're back I'm glad that we've got a game against a team that are pretty much relegated um hopefully we can go and stick three or four on them and kind of carry on in the same vein that we ended
0: the previous product. Of course we've got West Brom next Charlie. This is a game that you know at the start of the season I looked towards when we played them away and thought easy three points and it was not because we went 3-0 no, we were 3-0 no down at half time and it was I think safe to say a bit of a shambles. Um but the the position they're in they're not I mean they're still still be fighting won't they but their fate, is, their fate is pretty much sealed already, isn't it? So this should be, if we can pick up where we left off before the international break, a routine win for Chelsea.
2: God, I'd erase that game from my mind. I'd like suppressed it. I remember that. <laughs> I remember Sorry. that so well. I was sat, like, this is, this is when I thought, like, we need fans back in grounds. I was sat in a sports bar in Westfield watching Chelsea go 3-0 <laughs> down in front of an empty Hawthorns, And I was <laughs> just like, this is rubbish. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I, that's kind of bringing back Vietnam flashbacks for me. But, uh, yeah, look, I mean, look, as a, we should be able to rack up a fairly healthy score against them. Um, Sam Allardyce teams are always kind of worth watching for their strengths. So I think we need to. I think we need to use the height of the likes of Alonso and Christensen and even Kai Havertz. Um, because that—that's what they'll certainly be looking to do, and kind of try and exploit any efficiencies we might have as set pieces that they kind of identified earlier in the season under Bilic. Um, but look, we couldn't hope for a kinder mm. fixture to come back into the Premier League.
0: Yeah, and and um, of course we play Porto a few days later, Chris. So is that is Thomas Tuchel going to have that in his mind? We know he's rotated anyway. He's rotated whether we've had European games or not. Um, but does this come to come into his thinking? slightly that you know the players that he will not want to miss 100% not want to miss that first Porto leg which by the way I think has been played in Sevilla not actually at Porto's um, home yeah, ground which that. is good news for Chelsea um will, will that come into Thomas Tuchel's mind when picking the team for West Brom
1: yeah I'm sure it will I think we've seen that he's he's very willing to to, to change things up depending on the opponent and I think that'll be the case uh for West Brom and obviously he'll have to factor in the, the fact certain players are coming back having played two or three games on international duty and then there's the players who haven't played at all so uh, and uh also Thiago Silva should be back I imagine finally uh so it's probably a very although he had an absolute nightmare against them last time it's probably a good time to bring him back in um because he shouldn't in in theory have too much work to do but yeah it's it's an interesting one I I was um I was on the 90 min video the other day and I got called out for being negative for saying like we can't take our eye off the ball in the Premier League uh, mm. and and someone asked which I thought was a really good question like what is the point of striving to qualify for the Champions League every season to then get to the business end of it and not make mm. that your, your focus uh, and it's a really yeah. interesting point so like Tuchel's got a conundrum I don't really envy him maybe I am being like too pragmatic but do you go like hell for leather at the Champions League and mm set that as your absolute primary target and obviously by by winning that you qualify for the Champions League again or do you do you kind of uh, I mean I'm sure obviously he's he'll want to win the Champions League there's no doubt about it but the 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 fan in me says that like we've got um I think West Brom Palace West Ham and Fulham in in our next four Premier League games Mm -hmm. and that if we pick up maximum points there we've probably it's probably job done but mm. then, then you mix in both Champions League games and uh, the City semi-final. <laughs> FA Cup, and yeah. Just the, the tantalising thing of being that close to to silverware. That's that's the issue of being one of these teams that is is always in the recent season, struggling to reach the top four. It's, it's, we just love to get beyond that to a place where we're basically the like obviously challenging challenging for the title or just safely in the top two or three, so that this isn't an issue. But um, I, I, I'm sure he'll prioritise the Champions League, but it's, it's difficult for him. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't envy him either. To be fair, um, Charlie Knight. Like says that you know we've got a, we've got a nice run of fixtures now. We are only two points ahead of West Ham in fifth. We've got them at the London Stadium in a few weeks' time. When I look back to the Chelsea West Ham game, we won 3-0 and that did not tell the story whatsoever because I didn't think we were very good that day. And I'm still not quite sure how we ended up beating them 3-0. But is that game going to be pivotal for who's going to finish in the top four? Because if they beat us, then top four all of a sudden could look a little bit iffy, obviously, depending on results before and after. I get that. But is this game going to be the one where if we win it, we're like, OK, top four done?
2: Not quite done, but it would be a massive, massive statement against a team that are fighting for it themselves. Mm. Uh, we are always rubbish there. Since it opened, yeah. we've been we've been terrible at, um, at the London Stadium. Um, they're a very good side, and they have got the the sort of side that can cause us problems. I think um, mm. they work sort of very quickly, and I I agree. I don't think we can take our eye off the ball in the league at all. You know yeah. because. I always think with the Champions League, you kind of gotta, you've got to take it as a bonus when you get to this stage. But obviously, the games are mega important. They're probably the most important games left. But what you certainly can't do is bank on winning the thing. So it's so important that we're in the Champions League next year. And I I don't like speaking like this because I'd always rather go for the silverware. But I think, I think in the current, yeah, I think in the current, it's not an either or thing. Like the money we spent on the squad and the size of the club, we should be able to fight on all fronts. Of anything, I think one competition that will suffer is the FA Cup. Um, obviously, you know, we've got a pretty hard game in that. So I, I think the league kind of has to be sewn up before you can start playing B teams in it. Um,
0: yeah.
2: Because, because it would be so, like, you, it's impossible to say whether we will or won't win the Champions League because anything can happen. So what what you can control is beating the teams that you're better than in the league um and i think we, yeah. we've got a we've got a real good opportunity to do that in the next few weeks um but yeah we i mean we should be fine on all fronts we've we've paid we've got a really expensive squad um that, mm. that should be capable of doing that
0: we we want to be in a position don't we where you know 2018 Europa League final we've already got top 4 you don't need to win that to get champions league we don't want to be going into a champions league final knowing that if we lose we're not in the champions league for next season um but the run of games we've got after this easy run of games is manchester city away who yet yeah, would have won the champ would have won the premier league by then um and so it might be resting players there in the latter stages, potentially having Bayern Munich in the semi-finals of the Champions League. Um, we've then got Arsenal at Stamford Bridge, followed by Leicester at Stamford Bridge. Chris, this is, that's quite a difficult run of fixtures. You want to get top four sewn up before those games, especially. Oh, I th- I think City's they might be in party mode. You know, you never know what you're going to get with City. They might just want to keep going towards the end of the season or they might be resting players that was a really difficult one to judge but you know arsenal an annoying team for chelsea to have played recently as are leicester so we we don't want to be going into these games having to win them all do we
1: no absolutely not and i think yeah that just uh, reflects the importance of this these next four again um mm. west ham west ham have a much more favorable fixture list as well it's, it's funny that we're talking about them as like the main uh, competitive yeah. at this stage but i think it probably is the case um i'm not so sure about tottenham but um yeah i think just uh, yeah looking at tottenham's theirs is pretty favorable as well so yeah we, the onus is on us but i think we will all probably agree that those fixtures could potentially be tougher um I, I, I don't know, i'd rather not be playing like liverpool and man united in those games for example yeah and and we are at Stamford bridge so mm. um at least uh, by that point i think if we can win uh one or two of those and maybe get a draw in one or two of them i think i don't think that'll necessarily be a bad result i think it will be wrapped up in these next four um if we get 12 points on the board uh then it will will have been job done i don't see west ham getting through this whole period without without dropping points but um i mean they've proved everyone wrong all season so we'll, we'll just have to see
0: it, it's been one of them where they were like oh West Ham will drop off West Ham will drop off yeah, and we've got yeah. eight games to go and they just haven't dropped off So same with Leicester as well say... still
1: in third it's mad yeah, like I think them. they'll actually do it this time because, they had a little know.
0: wobble didn't they and everyone was like oh god but they, they, they I think they beat, they beat Sheffield United 5-0 I think that was the, the game after that and uh, yeah they seem like um them and Man United seem to probably have yeah. it um in the bag but yeah that, that fourth place hopefully will be Chelsea's. now we're just going to touch on before we go um. That Porto game, because like I said earlier, Charlie, the news is that we're gonna be playing I think it's gonna be announced in the next couple of days, but it's pretty pretty much done that the our first leg, the away leg, will be played in Sevilla. That's quite a big mm. advantage to Chelsea, isn't it? Rome um Porto not being in their home ground.
2: It's a massive, massive boost. Um we had the same luck with Atletico Madrid who make a real fortress of their stadium. Porto are no different. Um mm. and I mean basically you're playing a neutral game. You you know, you, you, yeah. and it's it's a real boost for us. I think we we obviously had the advantage going into the tie. I'd say that gives us another you know x amount of percent chance um, when we were clearly favourites to go through anyway. Um, and, and yeah, look, it's it's unfortunate for Porto because they're facing very tough task and it's got even tougher. But never mind. Eh? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, and and Chris, I don't like you know obviously we Chelsea want to win every game and and I I know we can go away to Porto. I'm sort of doing it with like. Sort of like speech-marky things because now obviously none can see me but because obviously it's not actually <laughs> <laughs> I mean it looked really stupid then just doing that but um <laughs> you know what I mean obviously it's the away leg um whether in it, whether it's um at Porto Stadium or not would you take a draw because I don't know if I would
1: oh um yeah interesting question I think a, I mean yeah I think you'd be dissatisfied with the score draw but a score draw is essentially a one goal lead isn't it I, I guess that's the way you have yeah. to see it but um yeah I think if that is the case we wouldn't have played to our potential and a nil-nil draw you'd say is a bad result but obviously yeah, uh, we we can't um underestimate Porto too much because they they can be dangerous on on this form you'd like to think we could we could get the job done um I wouldn't say it's going to be like high scoring by any means um yeah but I think especially the way we're we're playing going forward and their, their forte is clearly defending uh to some extent so I think um likely kind of maybe 1-0 to Chelsea 2-1 but I think that's still a really good result away from home especially in the Champions League which we showed against Atletico I think if you if you get a one goal lead away it's, it's pretty demoralizing for the the other team especially when they don't even get to
2: play at home yeah I, I, I think you've always got to take a score draw really you know, like, yeah. I know, I know we're saying we're gonna smash them up we might well do <laughs> I, th- I, I think I think we've Knockout football in the Champions League, especially yeah. when it gets to quarter semi-finals, you've always got to take a scoring draw away from home, and and do and do you know do your job at home, and that that's why the away goal rules exist, and you know we've yeah. made, we've made very good um, use of it in the past, so yeah, I think you've always got to take that risk.
0: Really. Yeah, Charlie, give us a score for West Brom and a score for Porto. What do you reckon? Uh,
2: we'll beat West Brom four nil, and it'll be. We'll
0: win 2-1 in, Port- in Seville against Porto.
1: And um, what about you, Krish? I think I'll go 2-0 at home to West Brom. but I agree with Charlie. I reckon, yeah, 2-1, 2-1 in Seville, wherever.
0: We'd take that, wouldn't we? 2-1, yeah. 2-1 in Seville against Porto. That'd be nice. Two away goals. Um, right, just going to answer a few questions now. Um, It's quite interesting because quite a few of them are about... um strikers and attacking players um and i think that's what people want to know about so the first one we got was from ayabami says do you think chelsea should be looking into a more creative midfielder um you know that the final third has been there's been an issue hasn't it um you know accurate passing someone that can shoot someone with the qualities of a de Bruyne i'm sorry Ayabami. (laughs) i don't think we're gonna get so i don't think there's anyone out there with the qualities of de Bruyne but, yeah. <laughs> Charlie, do you think there's anyone out there that you know, like a creative midfielder that offers something different, or do you think because we've spent so much money, that's the attack, and you know, that's it?
2: I mean, creative midfielder that can pass well in the final third and shoot well sounds <laughs> I a bit, sounds a bit, like, sounds a bit yeah. like Mason Mount to me. Yeah. Um, or or Kai Havertz or yes. <laughs> of, yeah. um, I, I mean, I've kind of always, I've kind of always thought Mason Man was a little bit like Thomas Willow, who was also been, um, Yeah. In terms of kind of that shuttling kind of thing. Um. I think what the squad lacks, or lacks currently, is m- more an option off the bench in in yeah. getting rid of both Loftus-Cheek and Barkley on the yeah. same day um, in September or whatever it was. That was like a real ludicrous decision for me, I think, yeah. you know, in that, in that really poor run that saw Lampard get sacked, I think we really could have done with an injection of, like, goals off the bench, injection of something different, I mean, rather than, you know, another... Top line creative midfielder to come in and battle with Havertz, Mount, Pulisic, Ziyech, whoever you want to name. I think, I mean, I don't know whether maybe Anderin can be that player, um, yeah. or, or or someone in that in that mould, or Loftus Cheek even, of course, because he's still got to come back. I, I I think that's something we we certainly lacked, and that's why it was such a ludicrous decision to loan both of those players out. Both of them, are, both of him, were very good, like Premier League level players. Mm. And you know, possibly because they wouldn't be in your starting lineup in a Champions League final, doesn't mean they can't be an asset to the squad. And I think people overlook those players.
0: Yeah, um, and Chris uh, Johnson's asked. I mean, I don't know if you can answer this, but what is the probability of Chelsea bringing in a new striker at the beginning of next season now? It's quite interesting because Timo Werner, I saw a report that, you know, there was rumours about him going, and and I, I don't think he's going. I think it, it was confirmed that, you know, Chelsea got no plans to sell Timo Werner. With that attack, you know, have, Kai Havertz as shown recently playing in that number nine position. We've got Olivier Giroud, Tammy Abraham, of course, still injured. Do you think we, um, rather than what's the probability, because I'd be impressed if you can tell us the probability of Chelsea getting a new striker, but do you think we need a new striker? Do you think we need a proper number nine, like Erling Haaland or Kylian Mbappe, obviously, I'm not saying they're realistic. I'm just those are the players out there that spring to mind. A Harry Kane-style player. Do you think we need someone like that, or do you think we're okay? Um,
1: I think anyone would would take someone like that, but I think it will, it will only become clear now between now and the end of the season. I think we've we've maybe been asked this before, but like Tuchel has clearly just sort of found his preferred shape and the players he would he wants to use in that shape and kai yeah. havertz kai havertz is clearly in his thoughts as a as a striker or or a sort of false yeah. nine and he's so young that he's going to be given the chance to to try that and i, I don't think tuco is going to be thinking about replacements or new signings just yet um i think he will the forward players will have to start scoring goals in in that kind of favourable run of games that we've mentioned and then he'll probably make the judgment call in the summer but I think it will all be formation dependent I don't think it's going to be recruitment dependent because we as Charlie said we've invested so heavily in that attacking third that I just can't see it this summer and uh, as we've all said before there's only I mean I I know there's been links with Lukaku recently and obviously Mm. you wouldn't complain about that but obviously then that is again blocking these young players that we've just gone and signed from yeah uh, getting a place in the squad uh, again another bad decision was selling Lukaku in the first place all that time <laughs> ago but, um, we've
0: been fuller then, haven't we yeah. Full of those bad decisions <laughs> exactly
1: so I think yeah give give Kai Havertz a chance and I, I'm interested mm. to see how that goes the same goes for the attacking midfielder I think we've got way too much quality there to need to go into the market um yeah. I, I, eventually I would like to see Sort of Havertz and and Mount as a as a, like attacking midfielders and maybe someone else to the left and mm. Werner, Werner maybe playing as a striker. I think that's maybe one option he'll consider, but it will be yeah formation dependent in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't be fast if Chelsea didn't buy anyone. I've got full faith in you know. The yeah. likes of Timo Werner and and I and I hope I, I hope and I think they'll come good. Um, I think we've so done yeah. well as
1: well this season in terms. It's still technically like a massive transition period, and we've got so yeah. many new signings that obviously it was going badly for for a bit. But now you you couldn't really complain. This is probably as as good as many would have expected, really.
0: Yeah definitely well that's all we've got time for this week thank you so much for listening Charlie Krish it's been a pleasure if you could drop us a review it would be very much appreciated subscribe if you haven't already and if you've enjoyed what you heard and we'll see you all next week to hopefully review two wins against West Brom and then Porto in the Champions League quarterfinal we'll see you next time or wherever you may be